are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Really Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Folks, Your team oh. every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter McCaskin. I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Pack Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today on the show, quarterback Kurt Bankert, who got a little acclaim in rookie camp because of some truly luscious locks, and uh, we will we will certainly get into some some hair care. and And Kurt has a, a terrific story to tell about all of that and and how it maybe affected his spot on the team. We're going to get to Kurt in just a a little bit. But first, I wanted to uh, address something that was put out there um, by someone who loves to generate clicks based on just crazy stuff. And the take was, hey, what if as part of a bargaining tool for Aaron Rodgers, he opted out? He has essentially until the end of the week to opt out and he could protect his salary. And we know if Aaron Rodgers were to sit the season, it would cost him millions and millions and the millions of dollars. (laughs) There are like six people who are listening to this that are going to get that joke. Uh, (laughs) But uh, he, he stands to lose a lot of money by just sitting. And if he believes at this point that the Packers are not going to trade him, he could decide, well, in order to save the money, because I don't want to play for Green Bay anymore, again, assuming that's the case, I'll just opt out. And then we can do this song and dance all over again next offseason. And and maybe that's where this is headed anyway, that no matter how this all plays out, Rodgers ends up getting traded next season. If he sits a year, he's getting traded next offseason. If he opts out, he's getting traded next offseason. And even if he plays for Green Bay, there's a chance he gets traded next offseason. Now, you know, if there's a new contract, if there's a reworked deal, something like that, who knows if Rodgers is even interested in that. We know very little about the situation at this point. And that's part of the problem uh, for, for outsiders and even insiders. I mean, you talk to people who who know things, who are connected to, to all of this, who know Rodgers and and who have an inside track on, on what the team is thinking. And everyone is just sort of like, yeah, we just, we don't know. We, we don't know. It's not, a, the relationship is not in a great place. And beyond that, we don't know. And that seems to sort of be where we are. Here's why this is not going to happen. Here's why he will not opt out. First of all, he wants to play. And, you know, you hear James Jones, who is more optimistic. This is all going to get worked out. He's going to be at training camp. A.J. Hawk, he doesn't want to retire. He doesn't want to sit the season. His boys are saying he wants to play. So if he wants to play, yeah, the, the sitting the season stuff, that's part of negotiating. But he wants to play. He wants to play. And it seems 
he wants to show that this is not about money. This is not about him saying, I should be the highest paid player in the league. This is not about, you know, the, the contract. I, I, was, I was made the highest paid player in the league, the highest paid player in league history. This is not about that. If you sit, then you can say this is about principle. I'm willing to give money back to prove my point. Now, pretty easy for me to sit here and say that when it's not my 15 million, when it's not my 20 million that I'm missing out on, that 30 plus million in lost dollars. Not my money, right? So it's easy for me to say, yeah, well, you know, he could just sit. Now, I'm certainly not espousing that, so I'm not. I'm not saying he's going to do that. I'm just saying the 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 reason you wouldn't just opt out is to prove a point. Now, to me, the point isn't worth all that money. It's not worth the money. Now, again, it's easy for me to say that it's not my money, and I don't have you know a hundred million dollars banked off of my previous contracts. I don't have endorsement money banked. I don't have a a partner who is uh you know someone who is capable of of generating plenty of revenue on their own much like Tom Brady and Giselle. I don't have endorsement deals. I'm not the State Farm discount double check guy. So maybe the point is worth it to me. But it seems like opting out is a bad optic move because it makes it seem like it is about the money. That, oh, I don't want to play for Green Bay and I want to keep my money. Now, maybe that's the pragmatic thing to do. If you think the Packers are not going to trade you and they're going to make you play, they're going to call your bluff, so to speak, then yeah, opt out. But then that's it. That's it. You're out. And you're out the whole year. And you now the Packers have the whole offseason as runway to get this all figured out. And go, okay, Jordan Love is the quarterback. And, and now what? And, and maybe you're even going, hey, Denver, let's talk about a trade. And you're not going to do it during the season or anything like that. And it doesn't matter. Opted out players are opted out. So once he decides to opt out, if that's what he decides to do, and again, he won't. I'm just telling you, he's not going to do it. He's not going to opt out. He wants to play. Of course he wants to play. Because he either wants to come back to a contrite team that is going to be the kind of team that he wants to play for, or he's going to go somewhere else. But he wants to play in 2021. Of course he wants to play. His, His years are numbered. He knows that. He only has so many opportunities. And now that it looks like the team that he co-owns is not going to win a title, brutal, brutal situation last night with Giannis Antetokounmpo in the knee. Oh my God, if they never show the video again, I will be very happy. And if Giannis plays again this playoffs, I mean, Herculean effort, brutal. Brutal, as if Packer fans, Wisconsin sports fans have not been through enough now they get thrown this curveball. But back to the Rodgers part of this. Obviously, he wants to play. Of course, every player wants to play. And so you can't opt out if you want to play. 
because guess what? If you opt out, you can't play. So it is the kind of thing that makes sense to threaten. And I'm surprised it hasn't leaked, honestly. But if it leaks, you know, it's something you could use in negotiations privately. Hey, you know, he can opt out. Publicly, the optics don't play the same way because of, of what I mentioned, because of the money. Because then it looks like it is about the money. If it's just about the principal, which is what we've heard all along, hey, he's willing to opt out, he's willing to sit, he's willing to give the money back because the principal means so much to him. Well, okay, then don't opt out. Show how much you're willing to sacrifice. I, I don't even know that that's a reasonable position to hold, but there are people that are going to have it. I certainly, if I were in that position, I would just go, yeah, if I don't think the Packers are trading me, I'm opting out. I'm keeping my money because they, they're going to trade me in a year anyway. I mean, what else are they going to do? Just let me sit? I guess, maybe, doesn't hurt me as much next year if I sit or retire or whatever it is. So I don't think it's a terrible move in a vacuum. I just don't think... Rodgers is going to take that step. I think it would be, in a way, a retreat. I think it would be a tacit acceptance of a lack of leverage. And maybe that's maybe that's what everyone in this situation needs. I also don't think Rodgers wants to make the decision because of the, the PR battle here. I don't think he wants to be seen as the guy who made the move. I don't think the Packers want to be seen as the guy, you know, the, the the administration wants to be seen as as the group that that pushed Rodgers out. No one wants to make a move, which is exactly why I think by the time we get to training camp, at some point, we will see Aaron Rodgers back on the field. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, hockey. Fights, golf, racing, before the next pitch, before the next tip, before the next puck drop, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the opportunities there. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the game as teams prep for finals runs, Stanley Cup playoff runs, and of course, baseball teams trying to get in position. The Brewers, first place in the Central Division. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit when you use the promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's get to our conversation with Kurt Benkert, quarterback, Green Bay Packers, maybe the starter. <laughs> no, probably not. But who knows? He could make this team and he could have to play games at some point. Um, and that's that's part of the reason why I like to just say, okay, it doesn't matter what your position is on the team. If you have an interesting story, I want to hear it. I think Kurt has an interesting story. There are a lot of, of cool pieces, unique pieces about his journey through the league. And, and uh, that's why I wanted to bring it to you. So here is my conversation with Kurt Benker. Hey, Kurt, thanks for coming on. Uh, take me back a little bit uh, because I'm always fascinated by guys um, who, you know, are, are on and off practice squad trying to trying to fight to make the roster. And, and obviously, you know, you come to Green Bay fighting to make the roster and do, which is awesome. And we're, we're certainly going to talk about that, too. But what's it like for you, you know, n not really knowing maybe even week to week sort of what your status is when you're with the Falcons? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, but man, it's it's obviously like a lot of 
in my spot, I'm going into year each each year at the end of preseason, not really knowing what it's going to look like, um, but kind of just learning take it day by day. Um, a lot of fun up to this point, but obviously, you know, what the goal is to make up the 53 and contribute somehow, whether it's on the field at some point, if I'm ever needed um, behind the scenes in the meeting room, whatever I can do to help the team. Um, but that's what I'm excited to do. You mentioned now that, that you've been in the league a couple of years. I mean, do you ever get get down like, hey, man, I don't I don't know if this is like I don't I don't know if, if I'm put is it all this work worth because it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. I don't think people realize how much yeah. work goes into this, not yeah. just during the season, but in the offseason. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a lot of work. But at the end of the day, like I really do enjoy what I'm doing and whether I'm on the I still show up. I go to work the same way. It's just the pay's a little different, but it's always worth it to me. And I think the biggest thing is just having like really good players around me. Um, just kind of them being in my ear throughout my three years in Atlanta, um, like building a good, good friendship with guys like Julio and Calvin. And then just telling me, Hey, like you just need to stay ready because you can play. And having guys like that to always give me feedback and, and tell me like, they like my play style, this and that. I think that kind of is a little bit of extra motivation that you need to know, like, Hey, I can do this. And it's not just like me believing in myself, but other people do as well. Yeah, when you started that answer, I thought for sure you were going to say Matt Ryan. But I, I suppose if you're a quarterback, you'd much rather have the receivers go, hey, man, love the way you're playing, right? Because they're the ones who, who are catching yeah. balls from you at practice. Yeah, totally. I think, I mean, obviously Matt Ryan's done a lot of really good things and he's had a, like a great career and he's going to continue to do good. But I think the biggest feedback you can get is from, as a quarterback, from your receivers, from your alignment, like guys that you are like, it's a full supporting cast of. Um, and I don't know, it's, it's been for me, one of the biggest highlights, just having those guys to support me. Um, and even though I haven't had a chance to play in a regular season game, just them knowing what I can do. Um, just trying to bring that same thing to green Bay and, and just kind of show what I can do. Yeah. So you, you mentioned green Bay, walk me through what this off season <clears throat> was like for you deciding to, to take the shot with green Bay, them giving a, a, a yeah. shot to you. Yeah, so, man, it was a crazy offseason. Um, before I re-signed in Atlanta at the end of the season, I had a meeting with the GM, just kind of wanted to see what it was going to look like next year. Obviously, we were going to have a coaching change there in Atlanta, um, but it seemed like I was going to be in good graces there, kind of keep rolling with this, with a chance to compete for the number two spot. But the new coaching staff came in, and they released me and wanted to bring in their guys, which obviously a lot of coaching staffs do. Um, so I was in limbo for a little bit and knew I, was, I had possibly a chance to go to Green Bay. Um, at some point in time, just because agents had talked to them before and they liked my play style and, and you know how that goes. But um, ultimately got an invite to the tryout um, at rookie minicamp, came super prepared, kind of just did my thing. And, and the rest is history. I was able to sign after that, after a good showing. And it's just been a, a lot of diving into the playbook and getting caught up. Because um, I think mo most of the time, like OTAs and all that stuff starts um, end of April. So I missed about a month or so, but... Um, it really took me about a month to get caught back up, and now I'm I'm ready to roll into training camp. When you're at that that camp and you're you know you're you're trying to to make the roster, trying to get signed, at any point do you <clears throat> do you think, hey, I've been playing well, like th this this can work? Yeah, um, I think like at the end of the day, like I do know that it's a numbers game, and I've in my my rookie season, like. I was put on practice squad at, like right at the end of the preseason. Like I played okay, but still had a lot of learning curves, like adjusting to the NFL, like typical track that an undrafted guy takes. But um, after my second year, I was put on IR after a really good first preseason game, and I just had a season-ending injury. Um, and then going into last year with COVID, I felt like I had my best camp, was playing really well. I was like, there's no way in hell that I get cut and put on practice squad. Like they just can't do that. 
and I ended up getting cut. So I just think like <laughs> it was a numbers game right. and there had been guys implanted like in front of me and I just kind of knew that was kind of what it was going to be. Um, and ultimately it came down to, hey, we know nobody's going to steal you. Uh, we're going to put you on practice squad and know you'll be ready if you're needed. Um, and so that was kind of like a, like a eye-opening experience for me that really it doesn't matter. Um, you have to be ready to play and it just, if you fit in the numbers game, then it works. If not, like, you're still one play or two plays away. So it kind of changed my perspective on everything. Um, but does that almost make short, it, does like, that almost make it easier to just go out there and yeah. play freely knowing that like, Hey, you know, this yeah. is and on some level, this, I just need a little bit of luck. That's, that is a hundred percent the game. And I think going into year four and realizing that, like I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm like, Hey, no matter what happens, like I'm going to go out, I'm going to be prepared. I have my brand of football that I'm going to play and it's either going to fit in the situation or it's not. Um, and it's always a numbers game, but I just, it, it allows me to play a little more free and know that like, even if I play perfect, I still may not make the team because it might not be in the cards for right now. Um, and I think it, it takes a little bit of pressure off and allows me to just kind of go play more freely and really enjoy it. And like, shit, I'm playing for the Packers. Like it's what an opportunity that is. <laughs> Absolutely. What is, you know, for fans who, who, you know, did not get a chance to see you um, in college, um, who, who did not watch uh, Falcons preseason games, what is your play yeah. style? Well, I would say definitely like a gunslinger. Um, I like to push the ball downfield when, when the opportunity comes up. And I throw my, – my biggest strength is probably throwing on the run. So I'm a scrambler, kind of creative, but I scramble to throw, not necessarily scramble to run. But if I need to get 20, 30 yards, I can do that. Um, but definitely, like, big play to check down has kind of been how I've made my mark and, and kind of been the most consistent. Okay, but also, you know you're going to walk onto the practice field every time <laughs> and probably have the best hair out there. So, like, that's got to no be doubt. a nice advantage for you. No doubt. I mean, when I talked to Coach Hack, he almost said I only got signed because of my hair, and I was I was accepting of that. So um, anything I can do to bring a competitive edge, I mean, I may throw a shitty ball, but the hair's going to look good doing it. So, Hey, look good, play good, man. Isn't that the rule? That's it. That's it, man. That's it. So you, you, you come to Green Bay, and there is this at a time when, I don't know if you know this, Kurt, um, there's some drama with the team. No doubt. <laughs> are you when you no show doubt. up? Are you sort of like, you know, are you trying as as hard as possible to stay tunnel vision? Or are you sort of like trying to gauge? Okay, who can I talk to to get the tea from? I need the tea. So I've definitely been way more tunnel vision. Like, I obviously there's a bunch of stuff going on, but I think like in the off season when there's not games going on, all that stuff gets it gets blown up for sure because uh, there's not much to talk about, especially with like it just being OTAs. But right, um, I think. I think those questions obviously will be answered come training camp and all that, but it's been such a whirlwind of trying to learn a whole new playbook and, and all the intricacies that come with that, that it's really helped me kind of stay out of that stuff. So you, you mentioned Coach Hack, uh, and, and he is someone that I think has become a fan favorite as much as coaches, especially coordinators, can become them, and, and a player favorite yes. as well. What was your impression of him? Because all all the players just absolutely rave about that guy. Yeah. I I just couldn't believe someone could have so much fun like coaching and do such a good job at it. Like I was I don't know, I was under the impression that like in the NFL like you got to almost hate your job a little bit to be really good at it. And <laughs> right. this guy absolutely loves what he does and he does a damn good job of it and it's it's been cool to see like the flip side of that, but I also like winning 13 games each year of the past 2 years or whatever it's been like that also helps that situation. So it's just been cool to be around a guy and just a staff in general. Like they have so much fun doing what they're doing and they're doing it at a high level. Like 
I don't know. I just think they're doing it the right way. Yeah. In terms of, of the guys that you're out there with, um, I, I always think it's it's interesting to, to hear from the players about who is standing out to them because, you know, the media is going to see it, but the media only knows so much. They only understand so much. Yeah. Who are some of the guys that that when you got to Green Bay and you start you saw them on the field, whether it was in rookie camp or OTAs, mini camp, whatever it is, and you you thought, oh, man, that guy, he just moves a little different or he you know, he's yeah. he, he's built a little different or whatever it is. Who, who has stood out to you? There's definitely been a lot, and I think just across the board, I think it can kind of be a consensus thing that this roster is loaded, like top to bottom, and it's pretty cool to just kind of see how it's all been formulated. But um, I think the same guy that everybody's been saying is Winfrey. Like, he's he's an animal out there. He's been doing really well, um, and a guy that's been taking advantage of, like, extra receiver reps and stuff. But I think other people have already talked about him, but he's definitely, I think, the it's been fun to watch. Yeah, what about what about defensively? I mean, there you know the there's the the, the couple plays that Jair Alexander made really really uh, stokes some people yeah. up, and I don't mean to to use the the pun there with Stokes because you know Eric Stokes yeah. made some plays. Who are the guys defensively who, yeah. who jumped out to you? Well, I think you. I mean, for the D line's nasty. I think everybody across the board there, but Jair like there's a difference when he's on the field and you can just feel it. Um, and he's actually the only person in college that's kicked me off twice. So I kind of get tired of seeing him play so well, but now it's cool that I'm on the same team, so that's awesome. But this dude, he's been a problem for a long time, and, I mean, he's going to go down, I think, as one of the best to do it. Uh, just He's got a different level of, like, anticipation and understanding of, like, whether he knows it or not, like, timing of when the ball has to be let go, like, when he's getting his eyes around. He just conveniently always is not looking and then is at the right time. So um, he's, he does a good job of that. Uh, I, I, I cannot get through an interview and no one can get through an interview with uh, any current Packers player and not ask about how Jordan Love is. Look, what has been your impression of, of Jordan? Dude, he's awesome. I think I'm excited to watch him play. And obviously, like everyone's talked about, he's grown a lot just in the first few weeks of OTAs. But um, like any young guy, I feel like the more reps you can get, the better. And he's crazy talented. So I'm excited to see how it all plays out with him. So you you do you play more than just football, right? And so yeah. uh, you you are also someone who is is big into video games. Uh, the TikTok that you posted recently um, <laughs> of you in in the full regalia uh, was awesome. That has been something that that you have done and, and made you know more than just a hobby. Can you e- explain to people yeah. who don't know what that's about? Yeah, so back a couple months ago, maybe like five or six months ago, I finally actually got signed to a professional gaming team. Um, so like, it's kind of like a full-time job, part-time. Like I do make good money doing it, and it's it's like a cool, cool kind of integration of my hobbies and stuff. But I play video games professionally, and I compete in a lot of big money tournaments. Um, and it's something that I've really done all the way dating back to high school. So back in high school, there's this website called MLG. You kind of played. It's called like MLG or Game Battles like two of the same things but you basically play with a group of friends like 4v4 um like in a ranked playlist and you basically just try to play as many games and win games against competitive players and rank up on this website and that from 2010 and 11 has now grown to be like this crazy industry um and i really didn't like advertise it when i was in college that i played because i didn't want people to think that like i didn't take football seriously which it's always first for me um, but I mean, everybody has something off the field that they're into. And instead of like watching Netflix all the time and doing all that other stuff or traveling, I'm playing video games competitively. So it's been, it's been a pretty cool journey. Um, I started like taking it serious, serious, like two years ago when I, after my rookie season, um, and 
kind of just taken off for me. So it's been a fun outlet for like my competitiveness. And when it's off season, then I can still be competitive kind of all the way through. So you also clapped back at some criticism that you don't take football seriously <laughs> by explaining yeah. that, that not only do you play video games professionally, but you raise money for charity doing it. Yes. I've, I've raised a lot of money for charity, which has been probably the coolest part of it all. Like, normally like when there's a really big event you get like a stipend for being in it but then like the prize money that you're playing for is all for charity so like i've been able to raise thirty thousand dollars this past one for um for the water boys it's a organization that chris long founded um i've raised like fifteen thousand dollars for the local animal shelter here in cape coral um 20 grand for the american deaf society and there's a few others but it's it's a good chunk of money that i've been able to raise just for myself and then collectively when i play in these team events we all raise money for the same cause too so it's all based on placement and how well you play so anytime like pro players need a athlete or celebrity or someone like that i'm pretty much getting the call most of the time because i'm better than most of those guys so <laughs> it's been a cool way to kind of just expand the brand yeah if if you're not uh the best gamer in the league, who who have you been around that you've played with has has given you the toughest match on on Madden or whatever it is? Yeah, it's honestly it's Tariq Cohen with the Bears, man. He's he's really good at Call of Duty and he's above average at Fortnite. I think he's a little better than me at COD and I'm better than him at Fortnite. But like he's every tournament that we're both in, it's like we're always neck and neck with stuff. So it's it's kind of cool that we have that rivalry there too. Uh, last thing here, you know, we're, we're still a couple of weeks away from, from training camp. Are you the kind of person that is setting goals on, on how you want to play or, you know, what you mm -hmm. want to do or, or how do you get yourself sort of focused in on saying, okay, this is what I want to accomplish when we break for camp. Yeah. Yeah. For me, when I, like, by the time camp's done, I want to have a, a high completion percentage. I have like a, a number in my head, but I want to have a relatively high completion percentage and, and really low turnovers. Like I know that like turnovers are going to happen, but I want to I want to have like the stupid turnovers not be there and then like a like one or two just kind of bad breaks um but low turnovers high completion percentage and then I know the big plays will come from that so that's kind of my mindset going in and I think as a backup in general like they want to see can he make plays like that he shouldn't make and can he take care of the ball and that's kind of what I'm going in trying to do is the goal no Jair Alexander turnovers or all like if you're going to turn it over have it be that guy I mean I think that's that could that's a double edged sword. It's right? be like, what are you doing throwing? Like are you stupid <laughs> or you know, it's not that bad. Think a little deeper about that one. All right, all right. Get back to me and let me know. Uh Kurt, this was great. I really appreciate you taking the time in. Yeah. No problem, man. Awesome. Have a good one. All right, wanna thank Kurt again for coming on. Awesome to talk to him. Interesting, interesting guy. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why spend up to 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rockauto.com is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solutions for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and right locked on in their how did you hear about us box 
so they know we sent you. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. They truly are the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They've become a staple in my house. And I get texts from friends, I get messages from people going, such and such family member ate my Built Bar. I let them have a bite and they decided to eat the whole thing. Not uncommon because they are surprisingly delicious for something that is so good for you. Most things that are high in protein and high in fiber, like Built Bars are, are gross. They don't taste good, and that is what separates Built Bar. They're all delicious, covered in 100% chocolate, and yet they're high protein, high fiber, low calorie, low sugar, low net carb. I don't know how they do it. It is a modern miracle of science. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Locked On Today podcast. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. I would love for you to check it out. Uh, There are a lot of great people that work on that show. And of course, I host it. Would love for you to come check that out. Back tomorrow, mailbag show tomorrow. You're taking your questions, trying to get you up to speed as as best I can with whatever pressing questions that you have about this team, about this season, you know, uh, maybe about lawn care. we, We moved into a house and I have takes now. Suddenly I move into a house and suddenly I have takes on pressure washers and uh, fertilizer and all kinds of stuff. It's just something in your DNA clicks, I think. I don't know. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, like for a show like tomorrow, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.